I posted a picture today of Noelle and I from, it was, it was the day of my, no, that was my high school graduation party, and, uh, and uh, little did we know, actually I knew, she didn't know yet, but um, that, that side hug would turn into a little bit more that I can't talk about tonight. Um, sorry, I'm not sorry, guys. Um, so, um, I'm excited to talk with you guys tonight. We're going to kind of go back and forth a little bit, and I know uh, Pastor Steve and Tina did this last week a little bit. We're going to take a little bit of a different angle. Nonetheless, um, the goal is not to um, say, here's how to be. The goal is that uh, you would be able to take some of the principles of, of things that we've learned or things in, in Scripture and be able to apply this to your life, to your future, to your dating, to your friendships, marriage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, if you are dating or you're not dating or you're called to celibacy or whatever, you can still apply this. So uh, do your best to take the principles and apply it and not just say, well, that doesn't apply to me in this season. Well, it will at one point or it has at some point. So um, we want to be people who have ears to hear and not just hear literally what's happening, but be able to let it take root in us. Amen? Yeah. Open your Bibles. Um, no, don't open there. Uh, open to Genesis 1, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, my wife and I, this is Noelle. Uh, she doesn't talk much. She's just up here to look nice. And, um, and uh, we are the youth pastors here. And so, but we also get to hang out with uh, the cooler people, which is the young adults, uh, us, because we are still young adults. I've still got a half a year until I'm 30. And is anybody so, in here 30 yet? No, no, just don't. Jake's Jared. 30. Jared? Jake is an old soul. Uh, yeah, so. Um, so by no means, I, I want us to all make sure that we don't think, oh, this is, that they think they know everything because they're 29 and 27. By no means do we know everything. Um, and we may know more than some of you, and frankly, we may know less than some of you when it comes to certain things. Um, uh, but we are married. We've been married for almost six years, six years in May. And uh, we've got a kid on the way. We do not. I said that to the church uh, last month. Oh and, my I, gosh. and I was very clearly joking. And they heard. <laughs> yeah, I heard. I had so many people that next week either texting me or coming up to me. Oh, Congratulations. We're so excited for you. And it is, it's, it's, not, it's not good because there's so many people who've been waiting for us to have kids. Uh, because we always joke about it, and um, so at this rate, it's never going to happen, so we'll see. Uh, but marriage is great. We love it and, and uh, everything. So, you know, we're doing a dating series here, and uh, or it's kind of dating, romance, love is a battlefield. And how many of you have had any level of drama in, in regards to romance in your life at some point? Um, some point in your adolescent years. Anyone? How many of you've never, you've never had any drama? Really? Oh gosh. You guys, keep it that way. You should be. You should be up here talking to us. You should definitely be up here talking to us because uh, love it is drama. Romance is 
drama. Mm -hmm. Sex is drama. Um, and it, man, it's just crazy. It is hard. There is not a person in the world uh, who has mastered this. And so I think that's the, that, that is enough in and of itself uh, validation <laughs> for us to talk about it and, and so that we can learn and grow. And ultimately, we want to honor God with our lives, and we want to honor God with our relationships. Amen? Yeah, and so. I, think, I think, too, something that's important to keep in mind when it comes to relationships is I, like, you know, we joke about the drama, because, like, anybody who's ever dated somebody and broken up with them, you know that there is, like, it's like those two, drama comes hand in hand with that. It's like, I don't know of any person who's successful, like, even me and Taylor, when we dated the first time and broke up, even though we didn't have this, like, nasty breakup, we basically had the most awkward relationship for like two and a half years because you just, it's like, it was just part of it. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting now, like, you know, we've been married for almost six years and a bunch of our friends were all married. And when else, whenever we talk about, like we go back on memory lane and talk about, remember when we all were dating and blah, 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 blah. Like we joke about how like, wow, how did, why didn't we just know, like, why, like our friend Jordan said that he would have, gone up to his wife and just like back when they were dating and just walked up to her and like kissed her on the face and been like we're getting married and then like got married the next week you know but looking back it's like when we think about it it's like all of the things that we went through all of the drama the highs and lows all of that was a process that needed to happen yeah. and I think I do think sometimes there's unnecessary drama like don't create it for yourself but that to say you know part of what you go through in relationships is part of your story and when you're living a life that's honoring God and you're, you are in relationship with the Lord, what happens is that God helps you learn from that story. He helps you to take pieces of it into your future. Yeah. And so when I look back on mine and Taylor's relationship, even though there was like totally drama for two and a half years, that drama was necessary because it was a process that we were both in. And so they just come together. That just, I just want to encourage you guys. No, one of Noel's sayings is love will find a way. <laughs> <It> will. <laughs> That is all we want to leave you with tonight is hashtag love will find a way. Just remember that and you are gold for life. Also, we have a new phrase that we're trying to get people to do. So I just want everyone to commit to this tonight. Um, we're going to start saying tat that instead of hashtag. So like tat do that, right? Anybody? Go. Me and Adam are trying to get that going. Yeah, bam. Tat that. I'm just kidding. Don't do that, please. It's yeah. really embarrassing. <laughs> So, um, a couple quick thoughts before we get into this is, um, I'm, don't open there, but Song of Solomon 2.7, and uh, it says, I beg of you, daughters of Jerusalem, do not awaken love before its time. Now, with that, I would say maybe to many of you, it is time. Moving on. Um, I want to go through a couple myths uh, that we, if you've been in the church long enough, how many of you have grown up? Going to church. How many of you have? How many of you did not grow up going to church? And maybe you have for a while. Okay, so some of us in here, but you you grew up going to church. You, you just had raised your hand. Raised too. I, I was exemplifying oh, for what I, I was doing. Um, <laughs> but if you've been around a lot, if you've been around long enough, uh, sometimes what we do is we buy into myths uh, about dating. Now the Bible has nothing to say about dating. However, it does have a lot to say. About dating, yeah. in the sense that uh, they, they didn't date back in the day; it was a whole different ballgame. However, um, the Bible has something to say about everything. We just have to contextualize it. But um, you know, I think there are things that we start to buy onto, and if we're not careful, we just get in a rut because we default. 
And one of these myths, uh, and I'll let Noelle talk about this one because I think this is, this is kind of a funny one, but I'll let, yeah. I'll let you take this one. One myth um, is that God is going to, and I put this word in there, magically show you who your future spouse is. <laughs> like when I was in Bible college, um, I saw this all the time where like I literally remember being in my freshman year of Bible college, Taylor and I went to the same school, and talking to these girls in the dorm, and I was like, what are you guys majoring in? And they're like, oh, I just want to marry a pastor. And I was like, ah. <laughs> or they would be just so like, it's like these girls and I'm speaking more from the girl side of it. Like, um, but I think guys can do this too, but it's kind of like, I think sometimes you get the idea that one day, you know, you're going to be like hanging out and then all of a sudden the clouds will part and your future spouse walks in and you're like, bam, God, you gave them to me. Like a dove lands on their head and you know, everything's rainbow and everything's just perfect. Reality is that's probably not going to happen. You know, I mean, like Taylor and I met when we were in high school. I didn't know I was going to marry him. The first time I met him, he farted in a pillow and threw it at my face. It wasn't like, <laughs> <laughs> it was yes, we, we were barely friends. I and I, the, God did not speak to me in that moment and say, that is your future husband. If that would have happened, I probably would have cried and like left the church. But like, I didn't, you know, but over time, as our relationship developed, like, Things happen. And I think sometimes what we do is we over-spiritualize um, God's role in our relationships, and we under-spiritualize or underestimate our role in it. Like, and, and what I mean by that is not to say that God doesn't have a role, because of course he does. Like, when I look at our relationship, I see God's hand moving in it. Absolutely. But I also see us moving forward in our lives. I also see us being stewards of what we have. And so that just to say for you, wherever you're at, um, and I'm probably, I'm trying, I think this might be more tailored to single people, um, but finding your spouse or your, like your future, whatever, it comes through you being a good steward of what you have first. And that has to come first. Absolutely. Because it's kind of like, if you think of it, like you're moving forward in life, you're doing the things that God's called you to, you're doing the things that you're passionate about. And in that, that's when God brings along the person that you're going to cross paths with. Maybe you know them now, maybe you don't, maybe you're going to meet them. Who knows what is for you in the future, but that's when they come along in your path. It's not that you're just sitting there like reading your Bible and then God reveals to you that this person is for you or whatever you walk. Like I remember <laughs> when I was in um, high school. I uh, would always, I was just like, I just wanted to know like God's plan for my life so bad. Like I just, I shared this a couple weeks ago, but I would go to these like youth conferences and I would literally just be on the prowl. Like, okay, God, where is this guy? Like really like expecting that like I would have this like divine encounter with some Christian, like great Christian guy. And then I just know, and like, and it never happened. <laughs> um, Taylor and I were, remember that one time we were at that conference and people thought we were married and we weren't. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, but, <laughs> but basically, all that to say, not I. I'm not gonna. I'm not prophesying over anybody. I'm not sovereign. I don't know the future. But if I could tell you, based on my own worldly knowledge of that, God is going to speak to you like in an audible voice and have a dove appear to you and tell you who you're going to marry. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. But what you are responsible for is being a good steward of where you're at now. Yeah. Being a good steward of your character, being a good steward of who you are, and
and doing the things that God's called you to do. You know, when you feel prompted to do something and you feel led by, to that, you don't need to filter it through like, well, how am I going to meet my future spouse? If we, I just talked to a girl a couple weeks ago who, when she felt like God called her to the mission field, she moved to another country, met her future spouse, and used this guy from the country she went to be a missionary at. And if she would have not followed what God was putting on her heart because she was filtering it through, like, that's out of the ordinary, that's not normal, she wouldn't, she wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet that guy. So that's to say, do what God's called you to first and let him worry about how the plans are going to unfold. And I would say sometimes the spiritual thing to do is um, to do like Noel was saying. We'll get into more of that, but be a good steward and, and do what you're just kind of operate. God is not – God didn't make us stupid. Um, sometimes we do stupid things, but God absolutely put in us the tools – that we need uh, for, like the word says, for life and godliness. Yeah. Um, so God has given us that. He's, he's designed us, what, in his likeness and in his image. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't make us to be completely stupid and dependent on him. He made us to be dependent on him in, in the terms of we understand that our life uh, and our, our existence hinges on him and his love for us. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he's given us the ability to then go do, which what we'll read in a minute, uh, to be fruitful and multiply, to take care of the world, to take mm -hmm. care of the birds and, and the fish and all that kind of stuff. What is he doing? He's giving us a life to operate in. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what heaven's going to be like. It's not going to yeah. be us floating on clouds. It's, it's, it's going to be the new earth. Yeah. And so God has created us to be able to operate. Yeah. But I think the interesting thing is, is when you look back, you guys have all heard the phrase, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, when you look back, you can see God and all the spiritual moments, the things that he was doing, the divine appointments. Uh, he has a way of doing that without yeah. us uh, oftentimes even realizing it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think sometimes when we do what, what he's called us to do in, in, t in the terms of seeking him first uh, in, in every area of our life, uh, being good stewards, working hard, loving God, loving people, loving life, the rest of it just kind of starts to work. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so I think we just want to we want to uh, just remember that that looking back, you'll see God. But don't wait for God to say something. Although, listen to God, pray, seek his face, worship. And uh, there will be times where he does speak to you in that way. But sometimes the, the uber spiritual people notice how they always stay right where they're at because they don't ever do anything. Take a step. Go for it. Ask a girl out, guys. Um, and if it, you know, if you feel a check in your spirit, you don't have peace about it. Absolutely, don't go for it. But uh, there's there's not there's no harm in going and getting some coffee. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> so, anyways, I would go through some more myths, but we want to move forward. Um, so, I want you to open. You're open to Genesis one, and uh, I'm going to read a verse in Second Timothy two before before we read there. And it's 2.22. It says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call upon the Lord with a pure heart. We read this to our, our uh, youth recently. And it's this idea of don't get caught up. And here's the thing that a lot of uh, teenagers do this especially, but young adults still tend to get caught up in this sometimes. And I'm afraid that if we're not careful, we will be where we're at today uh, in five years. 
And we don't want to do that. We want to progress. We want to move forward. We want to grow. We want to mature. Uh, but a lot of times what happens is we get caught up in the desires that youth tend to get caught up in. And what it causes us to do is we miss out on the pursuit of the things that God has ahead of us. This is why Paul was telling Timothy, he's a young guy. Yeah, he's a few years ahead of where we're at. He's probably either in his late 20s, most likely his early 30s, maybe mid 30s. Uh, but he's a young guy. And in proportion to the people that he was working with, he was a young dude. And Paul's telling him, hey, don't get caught up in all the things that the other people that are your age are getting caught up in. And what I would say to all of us is that if we're not careful and we get caught up in all these things that in the in the scope of our life don't really matter, we will miss out years down the road. We will look back and say, man, I wish I wouldn't have gotten caught up in that because I'm missing out now. Yeah. And we don't want to look back on our lives and say, man, I wish I would have done this more. I wish I would have done that. I wish I wouldn't have given myself to those things. I wish I would have, like the scripture says, fleed is that a word whatever fleed that and pursued god pursued the things of god pursue righteousness pursue faith pursue love those are the most important things amen yeah and so we want to we don't want to get caught up here so you you might find that you are constantly being tripped up or caught up in things that if if you're honest with yourselves don't really matter that much i would encourage you to 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 flee that but then start to pursue the things of god and I, I do think, like Matthew 6 says, as we pursue God, as we, as we seek first the kingdom of heaven, the rest of the stuff adds into place. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No. You don't have to. Okay. Genesis 1. Just wanted to give you time to turn there. Genesis 1 and 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule. That's an important part to, to grab hold of. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image and in the likeness of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, hello, and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the birds and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Let's pray as we continue for the next few minutes and, and uh, ask God to speak to us. God, thank you for your word. And uh, we thank you that for every young adult uh, in this place, God, many of us uh, have different stories, different backgrounds, different experiences. Some of us, God, we, we've come out of rough uh, rough backgrounds, others of us, uh, this is like not, nothing new to us. But for all of us, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would anoint our hearts and our ears uh, to hear what you would have to say to us and so that we can leave and be changed from the inside out. And so we pray that you would uh, speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. So I love this in this passage. It really, it, it, I, it, we... We, we need to go back to the beginning to understand God's purpose for us. And like Noel already alluded to, is God has given us stewardship. And I think this is a thing that a lot of young adults like to skip over. If I'm just being real, I liked to skip over this. I liked, uh, especially when I was fresh out of high school, but even in my young college years, um, I spiritualized the, the less important things, and I overlooked the things that really... Uh, that they matter. And uh, a lot of young adults, what we like to do is we like to look at our life and we're a poor steward over it. But because we love Jesus and we lift our hands in worship, 
um, then it's all okay. I've met so many spiritual people whose lives are in shambles. And and it's really sad because it's not only is it a poor witness, but they're not going to go anywhere because they're being poor stewards over what God has put in their hands. And it's so funny because... We, 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 we like, we like to do, we, we, we like to, what am I trying to say? We, we like to look like on the outside, like we're doing all the right things. And, and I'm speaking to myself here. Um, and, and we, we, it's like even the Israelites, God talked to the Israelites a lot and he got really mad at them a lot. And he said, I'm fed up with you guys doing all these festivals, making all these sacrifices, but you're, you're just stupid. You're disobedient. And what was, what was he talking about? We like to look like we're doing all this stuff right, but in reality, we're doing all the wrong things. And as young adults, we want to make sure that we understand that God has given us stewardship. Yeah. Everyone say, I'm a steward. Stewardship. He's given us stewardship over our lives. And I know we look at Adam and Eve, and, and we're talking about animals here, but there's so much more than that. God has given you stewardship over the relationships that you have. Uh, over the things that you have, in a, like your car, if you have one, in your room, uh, your apartment, all of the things in your life, God has given you stewardship over that. And how you treat that now is an indicator of how you're going to treat more important things in the future. Yeah. What we don't want to do is under-spiritualize that because we're young adults and it doesn't matter and we're learning and it's all good. It, no. No, we, we don't want our world to completely collapse because as young adults, we just treat everything like it doesn't matter. Are you guys hearing me? Yeah. So we're stewards, and we want to make sure that we understand in, in everything that we do, God has given us stewardship yeah. over our lives. We want to be good stewards. Amen? Amen. Uh, what did the parable of the talents tell us? God gave one, or the master gave one five, or one, one two, yeah, one, 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 two, and one, five. And the, two, the, the one with two and the one with five, they went out and doubled it. They were good stewards over that. But the one with one, he buried it. That's poor stewardship. We want to be good stewards over what's been given to us. Because when we do that, God begins to give us more. If we're faithful little, he'll give us much. And, yeah. so, and I believe that applies to our relationships. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else? Nope. No. Okay. So we want to give us, with that being said, kind of in this... This idea of stewardship and, and everything in relationships. We want to give us five things to look for, or five non-negotiables. In other words, these are things when you approach dating, maybe you're in a dating relationship now, I would encourage you to evaluate and think about, okay, is this applying to my relationship? And if it's not, don't go freak out. Just take it slow. Look at it as a, as a process and say, okay, Holy Spirit, open my heart. So that I don't just rule this out and think that I'm exempt from it because here's my, you know, extenuating circumstance. No, we want to all hear this. And and I I believe if we if we hear these and we apply these, then we will have successful relationships. Number one. Everyone say number one. Number one one non-negotiable is an active love for God. So when you are this is for yourself and for the person that you are looking to spend your life with. Because I know, and we all know, like the purpose of dating in the long run is to be able to spend life with someone. We want to do life with people. I love that Nuana get to share life with each other. 
the best part of marriage. It's not the sex. Sex is great. It's not, um, it's not the intimacy. It's not the, it's, it, it's all of the things. It's not just church. It's, it's all of it. We are doing life together. Yeah. We love it. We love being able to spend our lives, share everything from the good, the bad, the ugly. And I promise living with me, there is a lot of all of it. <laughs> and, uh, but the friends that we get to do life, I mean, it's such a blessing. And uh, I don't want anyone to miss out on the way that God designed marriage to be. Yeah. And I'm afraid yeah. so many do these days. And this is why the divorce rate is high. This is why there's such a skewed version or view of family and marriage and all that kind of stuff is because people have missed out on God's mm -hmm. best plan. But when you get in that, it's not perfect, but it is great. Yeah. It is great. Yeah. So an act of love for God, 2 Corinthians six fourteen says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And it's interesting to me to see, you know, we see this a lot with high schoolers. Um, but a lot of times when you get into the young adult years, you, you kind of figure, okay, they've matured a lot. They should be better at this. But even within the church, it is interesting to me to see how many people, uh, they, they fold over on this. Yeah. They, they don't prioritize right up front that person that they're going to be dating and potentially marrying, prioritizing being with someone who is going the same place as them and uh, serving the same God as them. I think sometimes it's easy for young adults to do this more than high schoolers because you're older and you're a little less patient with waiting for that person. And I've seen this in my life with friends that we have, things like that over the years of someone, you know, 23 been waiting for since they were young and they're like this person will never come and then they settle for something less yeah. and then you see the fruit of that but it's one of those things where it has to be such a priority and yeah. Taylor will get into more details of that yeah I mean I, I, I like I know this this one person young adult that we know um, and I remember they, they were solid they love God they love church they're involved and I remember them coming to me and saying so um, I don't know if you heard but I have a girlfriend now. I'm like, sweet, bro. This is awesome. He's like, yeah. And uh, she doesn't actually, she's not actually a Christian. But, you know, the thing is, like, in this case, I, I feel really good about it because I feel like God's put me in her life uh, to just witness to her. And I feel like if we weren't dating, I wouldn't be able to have that, that kind of witness to her. And it was so... Interesting, but I, you know, I, I just kind of let him go with it. I was like, okay, dude, well, you know what I think, and you know what I would probably say, so I don't need to say it. I love you, and um, I'm glad you, you found a friend, um, but if you want to know what I think later, you can, you, can, uh, you can ask me. And I remember it was so interesting seeing as the, the couple months progressed, and eventually, you know, this person started coming to church, started serving God, and and it was great, and it's like, okay, that's cool. But the whole time, in the back of my head, I'm like, what's going to happen when they break up? Mm -hmm. And exactly what I thought would happen, happened. They broke up. She said, never mind. I hate God. You've ruined, you know, I, I would be serving God if you still loved me, if you still cared about me. And it was just this interesting thing to see because the whole reason that she came to church and that she came to God, and I'm not condemning this, and I'm thinking, like, if anyone is coming into the church and coming into a relationship with Jesus, um, I'm glad about it, okay? So don't get me wrong. But what's interesting is, if we're not careful, what we're going to see is people coming to the church because 
they, they want the benefit of being with that person, but then the second they break up, guess where they're going? They're leaving. Yeah. Because if you, if it, it, it's like there, there's these false motives. And I see this so often is people, when they approach a relationship because they want a girlfriend or a boyfriend so bad, they're willing to skip over probably, not probably, the absolute most important thing that, can have, that you can have in a relationship. Yeah. The most important thing in your life is your walk with God. Mm-hmm. The most re- important thing in your relationships are God being in the center of that. And can I tell you, a marriage without God in it is dead. Mm-hmm. It is full of turmoil. It is, it, it is without hope. But a marriage with God at the center, can I tell you, there's nothing more life-giving. Yeah, and I think something that's important to think about is when, you know, being married is awesome. Like, we love being married. But being married is not easy. You know, just like any relationship, anybody who has had any, if you have any real relationship in your life, you know that there's ups and downs, whether it be with a friend or a family member or a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Real relationships that have depth will have, like, it's kind of like depth and hard times come together because how can you really get to know each other unless you are, you know, going through stuff together and you're getting to know each other and see each other's flaws and all that stuff. And I, in our marriage, We've definitely had highs and lows. And one thing that I'm so thankful for and that I'm always thankful for is that Taylor is a man of God. And so I know, like, I don't worry about him. If he goes off, I remember I was talking to a coworker of mine and, like, Taylor was at a youth, he was at some camp or something like that this summer. Like, usually every summer he's gone for, like, a month going to different camps. And I was like, yeah, my husband's out of town for a week. And she's like, you trust him to be gone for a whole week? And I was like, yeah. Like, I literally didn't even, like, occur to me. I'm like, duh. Like, why would I not? Like, and she was so, like, couldn't believe that I trusted him to be away or that he would trust me to, like, be home alone for a week, you know? We've and got Gibby, so. <laughs> so much. Gibby's our dog. I'm, like, freakishly obsessed with him. So cute. <sighs> okay, anyways. But, um, no, but it's, it's, I know that Taylor's a man of God. And so... I trust him, and I know that when we go through stuff, when one of us is off, when I have a bad attitude, or he's doing something funky, I can approach him, and we can talk about it, and we're going to get through it. I know that. There's not even a, a, sh- a shred in my mind that says that that's not true. Yeah. And But what's so sad to me is when I have, I have people in my life who are unequally yoked, and as in one of them is more into God than the other. And what's so hard about that is truly the unity is missing. Because one party is more committed in ways than the other. So like one's moving forward in their walk with God. And in that, it's like as you get to know Jesus in your life and as you continue in your relationship with God, like your relationship with God is a continual process. Like it's never like you, uh, you reach this moment and you're like, I know everything I need to know. It's like, no, you are always moving forward in God, no matter how old you are, whether you're 25, 18, 80, you're always moving forward. So th- one person's moving forward in their walk with God. And in doing that, through that relationship with Jesus, their life is transforming. Their character is strengthening. They're yeah. weeding things out of their life. And it's like, it's like as you grow in your relationship with God, which I'm sure many of you in this room have experienced, things in your life begin to naturally shift because it's like as you get to know Jesus, you want to be more like him. Yeah. And it's so hard when, like, I'll be talking <coughs> to a, a friend of mine who's that ha- process is happening in her. And then she says, but it's so hard because my husband is just the same person he was when I married him when he was 18. 
and smoked weed every day and is still doing this. Won't, I was just literally having lunch with somebody a couple weeks ago and she was telling me how her and her fiance were thinking of breaking up because he's lazy, he won't get a job, she's working hard. And it was so hard for me to hear this because I'm thinking, I said to her, I was like, did you talk to him about it? Did you tell him how you feel? Like, did you have this conversation? She's like, yeah, he doesn't care. And I'm thinking to myself, like, when I talk to Taylor, because I know his character, because I know that he's rooted in Christ and through his relationship with Christ, he's being transformed, he's humble. I know if I was to come to Taylor and say, hey, this is happening, he, I know him and I know that through that relationship with God, it works out. Does that make any sense? And so it's so hard because you want to make sure, I kind of look at it like with, if you're single and you're aiming to like get together with somebody, to go for somebody who's more spiritual than you or like marry up, like date up, you know, don't go for somebody who's like 12 steps behind you that you have to pull along. And this goes for girls and guys. So I think sometimes girls can look at it like, like, I want to marry a leader. So you're like looking for somebody who's like way better than you. No, 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 no. Are, are looking for somebody that you can lead. Does that make sense? Um, but you want to look for somebody who's better than you. And same with guys. Like you want to be looking for a girl who has the relationship with God that you want to have. Yeah. Who's exemplifying that right now. And that's, that's important because if they're not doing it now, who's to say that a year from now it's going to be different? Yeah. I can, I can say, and this is kind of, this is a paradox, but Noel and I both married up. Um, and guys like to joke, like, marry up, guys, you know, and I absolutely did. But with both of us, we both yeah. strengthen, offset, encourage, uh, and empower each other. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of the way that God set up marriage yeah. to be. My, my relationship with Jesus isn't founded in Taylor. Yeah. And his isn't founded in me. Yeah. One of my mentors as a high school, and we'll move on, as a high school student, he said, Taylor, don't marry a girl that you have to leave. Marry a girl that lets you leave. Yeah. And he said, and he was saying about his wife, and he's like, I love that Jody, you guys don't know her, um, but they're incredible. Now they have teenage kids. Um, it's weird. But, um, and he was saying, I, I love that she has a walk with God. I love that she has a relationship with God. And if I died tomorrow, her relationship with God will continue. And he's like, but I love that she also lets me lead. I love that she lets me cast vision for our family. I love that she lets me be the head of the house. And we're unified in our walk with God. And I would say that you cannot have Jesus at the center of your, uh, of your relationship unless he is first at the center of your life. Yeah. And, um, and I would encourage you to ask yourself this. Ask yourself about, ask this question about the person that you're looking to, but also for yourself. Is do I already love God? Do they already love God? Before you even begin the process of working towards a relationship, mm -hmm. are they already committed to the local church? And are you committed to the church? Um, are they already doing life and living in community with other believers? Mm -hmm. And ask yourself that. Am I living in community with other believers? Um, as well as, of course, reaching out to other people um, but you, you need you need those roots. Um, are they continually growing and maturing in their faith and in their life? Am I, excuse me, continually growing and maturing in my faith and in my life? Does it make sense? Yeah. So you gotta you have to hold yourself accountable, but you also have to be looking for that. And you uh, you will not. I, I promise you, one of the best recipes for disaster is to assume 
that your strength will offset their weakness. Yep. Now, I'm not administrative. Noelle is. I'm not organized. She is. Um, there's a lot of weaknesses I have that Noelle's <laughs> strong in. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about compatibility and you know having different strengths that complement each other. Yeah. That's, that's different. And that's great, and you need those. Okay? But when it comes to leading your life, you are, and we'll get into this, but you're not retarded. Uh, you are a whole person. And it is not someone else's job to fix you. But I'll let, I'll let Noel yeah. take that. But let me say this. The blind cannot lead the blind. Mm-hmm. Matthew 15, 14. The blind cannot lead the blind. It's yeah. a recipe for disaster. So you got to be strong. You have to have vision for your life. You have to love Jesus. And you also need someone who's going to do the same. Now, yep. if you're in a relationship that is not this right now, don't let your mind race. We can talk more because we don't have five hours to unpack all this and talk about all the nuances. And, and does this mean you need to go break up tonight? No, no, no. So slow down. Uh, we would love to answer any questions later. But um, So just, just take it in. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Write down stuff. If you have questions, that kind of thing, please do. Because I know there's probably plenty of you in here or you know someone who's in a situation that might be really hard if approaching kind of these principles. Guys, are you tracking? Yes? You're tracking? Are are we boring you yet? (laughs) No. Okay, if I I am, just stand up and start to walk out and and we'll pray and end it. So I'll let Noel take it from here. Okay. I'm just going to be stopped. (laughs) Number two, Um, non-negotiable, a complete person. And by this we mean you and the person you're dating. And so I want you to hear this, what I'm saying, through that filter, that this is not just for the person you're looking for, but this also goes for you. I remember, um, so actually, first scripture, Genesis 1, 27, it says, so God created man in his own image and likeness. And also, you guys can just write down Psalms 139. I'm like, I love that Psalm so much. And that Psalm talks about how God created us. Like, it just tells a story of God knitting us together and knowing our lives and knowing every day. And when I read that, what it communicates to me is God's not saying in that scripture, I made you halfway so that someday someone else can completely you. No, 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 no. He made you how you are. Like you're his masterpiece. You're not this incomplete shell of a person who's waiting for your other half to come along and make you better. No, 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 no. You are who you are because that's how God wanted you to be. I remember when Taylor and I first got married, we um, lived in Portland in Gangster's Paradise in this like ghetto apartment, and um, like like our first our first year of marriage was amazing, and um, I remember <laughs> it really was. We had a great, great first, first year. year of marriage, and um, but I remember a couple months into it, it's like we're like this is awesome, marriage is great, <laughs> and um, I remember though it's like we started after like the summer. We got married at the beginning of the summer. He wasn't in school yet. We had the whole summer off to just kind of like work and hang out with our friends and just everything was awesome. So then, like, fall happens, and he, he gets really busy. He's working, and he was in school. He was a, soft, a senior in college, and I was working. And we just kind of started getting into more of a routine of life. And I remember I kind of went through this funk for, like, several months where I just felt very, like, just insecure. It's like I miss my family. You know, I was married for, like, we we're newly in marriage. You know, everything in my life was different. I hated my job. And all of these just emotions and insecurities began to kind of be conjured up inside of me. And I remember kind of getting to this point where I was always mad at Taylor because I felt like it was like he would just bug me or like he wouldn't 
you know. I have a tendency to do that. <laughs> no, it's like he would he would get under my skin or he would um, not notice like my new haircut or not notice. It's like I began to be very insecure. And like, <laughs> I'm not naturally a super insecure person. Like I tend to like I'm that I don't operate like that. But I really began to for a season, and I, it's like he, it, it was like I was looking to him to fulfill a need in me to feel validated. And I remember having this one moment where I was, I was having some time with God, and it's like I just kind of had this wake up moment where I realized that I was looking to Taylor to fulfill something in me that Taylor could not fulfill. And that's the thing about being a complete person is that there truly is a part of you that only God can fill. And yeah. it doesn't matter how great of a person you're married to or how awesome things are going on in your life, you have to know who you are in Christ first. Mm -hmm. And what happens if you don't, you, you begin to put unhealthy expectations on other people. And that's what I was doing to Taylor in my world is that I was putting an expectation on him yeah. to fulfill this need in me that he would never be able to satisfy. You know, like he could never satisfy that in me. And so I think something that's so important that you take into any relationship for yourself and for the person that you're going for is are they a complete person? Yeah. Are they looking to you or to other people for all of their worth? You know, if they hear a critical, you know, if somebody criticizes them, does it destroy them or are they able to take that? You know, do they live off of compliments? Do they, like, how do they function with other people? Those are kind of things that will tell you how healthy their relationship is with themselves and how they see themselves. Because truly, in order for a relationship to be successful, you have to be complete in who you are. Yeah. You know, because there's times when, you know, you might be up and down, but you can't be looking to someone else to complete you and fill you up. Um, so just some things to look for when you have people in your life that you're looking at is what, you know, are they easily offended? Are they somebody that gets derailed if something if somebody says something or looks at them wrong? Do they have friendships? Do they have healthy friendships? Or are they somebody that isn't able to sustain friendships because they they destroy it with themselves? I mean, yeah. you guys know those people that have destructive relationships, and maybe that's you, and maybe that's something that you need to take to the Lord. Yeah. But honestly, being complete in who you are, slash dating somebody who's complete in who they are, will set you up for success. And the opposite will set you up for because you will never be able to find who you are in somebody else. And that, and if you are dating somebody who doesn't know who they are in Christ, they are going to be looking to you for their validation. And the second you do something wrong, the second you wrong, you say the wrong thing, you don't tell them they're pretty, you don't tell them you like their shirt, their world is crushed. And that's not healthy. Yeah. Ain't good for anybody. Yeah. You are not out to fix them. They're not out to fix you. Um, so... Be a whole person. You're 100% you. You are not someone else. Um, and you're not 70%. You're not 50%. You are 100% you. And uh, the second they die, you're still alive. And you, you don't. that's not your excuse to fall apart. Um, and so we want to make sure that we are secure and that we are growing in our lives. And, uh, and obviously the relationships help with that. But at the end of the day... Um, our lack of a relationship or lack of the right partner is not an excuse or a license for us to then be bad stewards of our lives. Yeah. Still, at the end of the day, you are a steward of your life. Yep. Okay, so moving on. Uh, we, we only got about a few more minutes. So, number three is a good reputation. Uh, be, a non-negotiable um, is a good reputation. Now, here's what I don't mean. 
that does not mean you have some you when you're approaching someone to date or potentially think about dating or, or marriage um, that they can't have a story because <laughs> we all have a story we all have a past okay so that's a different thing and a lot of times there are still going to be people who look at you through the old lens okay so take that with a grain of salt but I love the story in Ruth Ruth chapter 2 and, and uh, basically what happens is you got this you got Naomi and her daughter or I mean her um, yeah her daughter-in-law is Ruth and um, what what Ruth didn't know is she had by marriage this relative named Boaz and Boaz was a stud and um, I'll, I'll make the long story short uh, Boaz notices Ruth Ruth's gleaning from the fields where they're at trying to get some crops because they're poor and he notices her he's like hey who is this chick is she single I want I want her uh, guys stay away from her and hey I'll give you whatever you want stick around don't leave um, right which is a great way so guys if you see a girl like <laughs> go for it like get her to stay hey what are you doing let's no stick around yeah absolutely sure yeah you know it's like bend over backwards by all means um but uh, uh, he, he notices her, gets her to stick around. Naomi finds out and says, hey, this Boaz guy, he's actually, um, he's actually related to us. And, and if you study scripture, you know that he eventually was going to become the kinsman redeemer. A kinsman redeemer was the closest relative of someone who had lost a spouse because Ruth was a widow. She lost her husband. And so it was the obligation of the next closest man to come in and provide for that family in marriage. So get married so that they could help that woman carry on her legacy and not die a widow. So he was going to be the kinsman redeemer. So Naomi's like, hey, we got to make this happen. Go, go lay down in his feet. It's a, it's a weird, long story. But at the end of the day, they, they get married and you know they start a lineage that eventually goes to David and then to Jesus. Pretty cool story. So anyways, but I love that in verse 1, it says, Naomi had a relative on her, husband's, on her husband's side, a man of standing, or a man of good reputation named Boaz. And Boaz had a good reputation. But I also love that in, if you skip to verse 11, it says Boaz, she, she's like, hey, why are you like showing me good favor? He's like, well, because you're hot. But he says, I've been told even more than that. He didn't say that. He probably did. He said it with his eyes. <laughs> I've, I've been told about what you've done to help your mother-in-law. And what it says about both of them is they had a good reputation. Mm -hmm. Their reputations did the talking for them. Yeah. And what, when, you know, I, I, would, I would say to ask this about the person. If you're, if you're looking to date someone or, or even if, if you're putting criteria in your mind, then what do other people say about them? What kinds of things am I hearing about them? And uh, by all means, take it with a grain of salt, because that may be the old reputation, may be the old them, maybe people holding them in a box. So don't judge someone, okay? So that's not what we're saying is judge them. But their reputation will precede them, for the most yeah. part, really will. I love, I love that from the time that Noah was 13 to continually now, she is known as a person um, who, is, who is beautiful but is modest, who is loving, who is giving, who is genuine. Um, there, there's never been a person um, other than someone who I don't like. Uh, <laughs> who, uh, my, one of my ex-girlfriends didn't really have like Noel very much. Uh, she called me.
called me three weeks before our wedding and said, I'm supposed to be with you. And um, I said, okay, I'll think about it. No, I didn't. Um, it's a funny story. It's, it's a funny story, I'll tell you sometime. But I love that Noelle has always carried herself in a way that when others see her and talk about her, it's, a, it's always in a positive light. She has carried herself as a virtuous woman. She was never floozy and just putting herself out there in a way that was flirty. And yet she was such, she was so attractive, not just because of her beauty, but how she carried herself. And she was someone who loved the Lord, who loved worship and who, who loved the things of God, who loved people, who was not, she was never judgmental. She was never someone who like she, she, she was cool and everything, but then she loved the people who weren't as cool like me. Um, and she was always that kind of person who, who had a great reputation. And when I, when I started to consider liking her, it was a no brainer because not only did she have it on the outside, but she was a person who loved the Lord and who loved people and who carried herself in a way that was virtuous and of good character. And can I tell you, there's, there, there's so much value in that and having a, finding a person who, who carries themselves, themselves in a way that's, that they have a good reputation, that they're a person of character. And uh, that, that is so, so important. Don't date someone who has all this bad reputation. We see this a lot, a lot with young people because we get to work with young people. And they're like, well, that's not who I am. Yes, it is, actually. You, you have proved yourself over and over to be, to be doing the same thing over and over. And I don't want to hold it over you, but the, the truth is, is it, it, you have a reputation, bro. Like this is with guys a lot. I mean, they are, they're known as a player. They're known as as uh, you know, someone who just comes in and takes advantage of, of girls. And then they wonder why, why we expect them to do the same thing over and over. Because they've, they've, they've given themselves a reputation. And what are people saying about you? What kind of reputation do you have? Mm -hmm. And I would encourage you, don't live for other people. Yeah. But it, a good reputation is like gold. Proverbs yeah. says yeah. that. Yeah. A good reputation is like gold. You cannot underestimate the value of a good reputation. So... Um, Number four. Number four is good character slash fruit. Um, Galatians 5, verse 22, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to talk really fast because we're running out of time. We'll be done at 921. Four minutes. Okay. So, but basically it's fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, pace, peace, pace. patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Um, fruit of the Spirit. What's the kind of fruit that you're seeing in your life slash your person that you've got your eye on like you know what's their what's their character are they honest are they somebody that's respectful how do they are they submitted to authority how do they react when their boss tells them something are they somebody that gossips a lot and talks bad about people are they somebody whose perspective is negative those are all things that kind of are evidence of a character that maybe needs some work something that i think also is something to really consider is what is their work ethic you know, Proverbs 31, verse 10, and for the rest of it, talks about, like, the Proverbs 31 woman. People that have been around in the church have heard that before. Like, I want to be a Proverbs 31 girl. And they always talk about it like beauty on the inside. But a big thing that Proverbs 31 is talking about, like, it talks about beauty and, like, character for, like, a second. But what it's talking about is their work ethic. Yeah. That this woman gets up early. She's up before her household preparing things. Right. It is our, and, Make me and, coffee. And, right, and lunches. No, but the thing is... I think sometimes 
girls and guys, we underestimate the value of somebody who's a hard worker. And I think sometimes girls underestimate that in themselves because they, they think that, you know, I'm going to get married and my husband's going to take care of me and that means I'll get to be home with our kids. And they don't realize that that actually takes a lot of work. Yeah. You know, and girls who, you know, they love this guy, but he doesn't have a job or he only works part time and is always so busy and doesn't, and is always needing her to pay for things. Girls, do not settle for a guy who doesn't pay for you. That's just not right. Seriously. Taylor always Unless pays. you make a lot of Unless money. Unless you make a ton of money. <laughs> and guys, don't settle for a girl who's lazy. Don't settle for a girl who wants to go shopping all the time but won't get a job and stays home and watches the Kardashians all day long. And I'm serious, because you're gonna see fruit from that in the future. If somebody's not a hard worker now, they're not gonna be a hard worker 10 years from now until they start implementing those things in their life. So what yeah, I'm, I'm not absolutely. saying that if you're not doing that, that you can't change it, because you can't. Yeah. You can 100%. But being a hard worker speaks volumes about someone's character. Yeah. Yeah. Volumes, yeah. girls and guys. That's good. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, five, our last point, uh, right on time, is uh, you need to and they need to have vision. Need to have vision. I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years. That doesn't mean I don't have vision. Okay, so life changes, all that kind of stuff. And uh, but you need vision. You always need to have a trajectory. What is your trajectory? Are you going somewhere? Um, Proverbs 29:18. One of the greatest verses, uh, and you've all heard it, but it says, "Where there is no vision, people cast off restraint." And vision, direction in life, plans, future, what it is, is really it's, it's, a per, it's a parameter for your life. Yeah. When you know where you're going, there are certain things that you will and can do and certain things that you will not and cannot do in order to get where you know you're going. Mm-hmm. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, when I was engaged to Noel, I had to make a certain amount of money that summer so, or so that I could get, so I could save up to buy a ring. Um, and so there were certain things that I was not going to spend my money on because I had a goal at the end of the summer was to propose to her um, and be able to give her a ring that I'd paid for. And I paid for some of it. I did have to get a payment plan because I didn't save up enough. Different story. But do you guys see what I'm saying? Is, is when you have a vision, something that you are working towards, mm-hmm. it's going to narrow your focus and you're going to be able to say no to things and yes to other things in order to get to where you're trying to go yeah if you're always saying yes to things you shouldn't be saying yes to there's a good chance that you don't have anything that is ahead of you that you're going towards Mm -hmm. because if you did it would it would cast off or i mean it would be those restraints but where there's no vision you're like well whatever it doesn't matter because i'm not going anywhere anyways this idea of existentialism. You've ever heard of that that idea of existentialism? You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's this idea that uh, because it's, it's almost like living as if there's no God. And because there's no God, there's no consequence. So there's no reason for me to live a certain way now because it, it's all for naught. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think sometimes we live like that when it comes to our relationships and our future. Are you tracking with me? Yeah. yeah. It's because we don't have a vision right now. We live like there really is no tomorrow. That is one of the dumbest things you can do is live like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> Friends, can I tell you there's tomorrow? Yes. There is tomorrow. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. 
It could be tomorrow. I doubt it, but it could be. But you need to live like there is a tomorrow. Don't yeah. worry about tomorrow, but plan for tomorrow. Yeah. Live in a way that tomorrow you're going to want to still be alive because you didn't screw it all up yesterday. <laughs> Are you tracking with me? Yeah. Get vision. And one of the best ways to get vision, be in the house of God, pursue the yeah. things of God, love Jesus, put him at the center, get in the word daily, get around people that are doing life with you, that are loving Jesus yeah. with you. Just like 2 Timothy says, along with the people who call upon the Lord with a pure heart, we're doing this together. Yeah. And that is one of the best ways to foster continuous vision in your life. I would not be where I am today and I'm not going to go where I'm going if it wasn't for the people that are in this room and that are here on Sundays, and that I'm doing life with, that are encouraging me in the things of God on a daily basis. Amen? Amen. So let's have vision, okay? Let's have good character. Let's look for good character. Let's work on our reputations. If you have a bad reputation, guess what? Now you get to go and prove everyone wrong. Yep. You're a complete person. You're not retarded. Seriously. And look for an active and have an active Love for Jesus. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Can we pray? God, we thank you um, uh, for the, the privilege it is to come and fellowship with each other on a night like this. And uh, God, we pray that as we leave, God, we wouldn't leave looking at all the things that we've got to fix and, and adjust. But God, that we would, we would just look, leave mindful of you and mm -hmm. loving you more. And God, as we put you at the center of our relationships, we, we trust you to help us to work it out. But God, as, as we leave, help us to be good stewards. Um, and as we do that, God, we thank you that all the other things are going to fall into place according to your riches and glory. And yeah. uh, we love you, Jesus. It's about you. And God, we want our relationships to glorify you. Because um, that's what it's all about. We love you, Jesus. We give you tonight. We give you this year. We thank you that great things are ahead for us as a group and us as individuals. We give you this Night in Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys, for letting us talk long. Um, and uh, we'll see you later.